Andiamo. All right. Listeners, welcome to episode number 170 of the Turin Giants podcast. I'm the host who does not love you most. Of course, that is Farhad. Farhad loves you most. I am uh, the, the host who loves you second most. Uh, it is Sam Adamo. I am of the Cultural Podcast. And I'm very honored to be man in the ship this week with the man from Boston, Matt Cocoluto. How are you, Matt? I'm good, Sam. It's good to be here. I'm loving this. Uh, we get. I'm excited about this. First, uh, first time, just me and you. So you and me, baby. Yeah, this, this is gonna be fun. We were, we were, sh- we were shooting the breeze uh, before starting, and I said this would be a nice dry run before I get you on uh, on the cultural pod. So um, now let's 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 rock and roll, man. I'm. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't point out that I'm a little disappointed that we're that we're uh, that we're speaking under these um, circumstances. It almost feels like we should be. Almost feels like we should be grieving or something. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday, the twelfth of May. So this is on the back of the Sassuolo game, which just wrapped uh, about an hour ago, about yeah, forty-five, about forty-five minutes ago. So there should be a lot to look forward to, right? You know, um, after a big win when you're in a tight race of, of any kind, but it still feels a little tough, man. Um, this is kind of. This is the Milan post-mortem pod, and on Sunday after the game, I said, oh, crap, we're going to have to pick I know. you and I because Farhad and Giovanni couldn't come on this week, Chris neither. So so we got a lot to break down, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is the, the post-mortem. It, it's, the, it's the morning, it's the uh, lamenting. I don't know. It, it feels like we've had too many of these this year where we just have to come on and be, be sad and talk about everything that's gone wrong. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the, the Sassuolo win today, which we can probably talk about a little bit was nice, but it, it doesn't feel as great when you are not in control of your own destiny. And so that is the result of what happens on Sunday, on, on Sunday. Definitely. And, um, I got to tell you going into this game, I wasn't super confident. I wasn't even confident that we'd be able to get a result against Sassuolo today. I haven't been confident for most games this year, if I'm being totally frank, uh, as you said, how many of these postmortems have we had, right? I mean, there was there was the Fiorentina pod, I guess, kind of before Christmas, because everything before that we were able to kind of just write off as you know these are growing. Yeah, things. early on, right? Yeah, it's early, right? It's early. You know, Pirlo's new to the role, right? Mm-hmm. And then going into Christmas, I mean, all our momentum kind of got stopped. That was so that was that was less than ideal. And then there was there was uh, well, there was the Champions League exit. Mm-hmm. There were Classic. there were there have been a number of poor results against against opposition that are going down or in a fight to go down or in a fight to stay up I should say and now this let's be clear I, my my friend my friend and co-host of the pod by the way you can get at me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Cultural Podcast you can get at Matt on Twitter at Matt Coco with two C's. Uh, you can get at us. Get at us, by the way, on, on all platforms uh, at Turin Giants and at UVet Podcast on Twitter in particular. Everywhere else is at Turin Giants for the merch, uh, for Farhad's apparel brand, and, uh, and for, uh, for our, general, our general news um, and, uh, and such. But yeah, uh, man, my, 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 my co-host on the pod, Nick, bet on Milan at four to one. Or at like four point something to one, he bet like fifty bucks on the game to pay out like two hundred twenty five, and I mean I would have never bet against Juve. I only bet on the team that I support. 
I don't always do it, but if I, I am in a bet, I'll, I'll bet on them. I, I support that. I think yeah. it's bad juju to, 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 to ever bet against, but yeah, so. Unacceptable. But, but I, I found out he was doing it the morning of, obviously at the surface, you know, I'm like, hey, okay, nice, nice, easy way to, easy way to lose 50 bucks. Quick as 50 bucks you'll ever lose. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that's pretty good value for his money. I mean, they, 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 they were, we, they, they were the underdogs in this game, according to the bookie line. I don't know. I, I don't know where that came from. And I don't go into any games confident anymore at the moment. And it's, it, it feels, the more I think about it, and it, you know, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to be a victim of the moment. But the more I think about it, the more freaked out I get that this is a cataclysmic uh, situation right now, that the, the events of Sunday were cataclysmic. And not that that was the one thing to derail our whole decade of success, but that it was the latest, just merely the latest uh, negative event in what has been a slew of, 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 of negative events throughout the year. And I wonder if it might even spell the end of the entire management team, upper management. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair concern and it, it, it's something that's on my mind too, where I'm trying to get to the end of the season and I'm trying to wait until we get to, we, we know for sure where we're standing and where we finish up and, and then even really going to the summer thinking, okay, what is the possibilities? What are the options? Because obviously so much is in flex with, in flux with all the financial issues around with, with COVID and everything, as well as all the super league drama and all that crap. That's all, you know, the off the field stuff, which I don't want to talk too much about because we've done enough, but it's all, it's all this sort of big accumulation of issues going on around it. UVA that I'm trying not to be too, you know, forward looking and too much like dreading of what can potentially happen. And just let's get to the end of the season. Right. But I mean, to your point about the, the fact that you know, Milan was considered a, a, you know, that big of an underdog by the bookies, I mean, I, I know that they have struggled. They were struggling as well going into that game. But you look at Juve's form, and it's just, it hasn't been great over the last you know, month. It's been very unreliable. And you know, we, we, we talk about the two games prior, like the, we tied Fiorentina in you know, just a terrible game. We, then we squeaked out a win against Udinese in another terrible game. So going into this, the Milan game, I wasn't necessarily confident we were going to turn it around. I think the one thing I thought was, okay, this team has had the ability to show up on bigger games. Not always, but some of their best games have been against good opponents. So maybe that would be the thing that spurred it, but we knew it was terrible. It was an yeah. awful game. Yeah. Zlatan, Zlatan definitely, I think, had a hand in, in inspiring those kids. He has most of the year. And let's be fair. I mean, Milan have been on fumes for a while now. They've had some major injury issues and um, I, I think that was, that is a big reason why their, their whole title challenge kind of got derailed, but man, I went into it feeling like they were definitely a lot hungrier than we were. It certainly looked like they had more of an idea of how they wanted to play. Um, is that on Pirlo? I mean, perhaps, perhaps, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw a clip today of John, of Gianluigi Buffon, who we can get to in a little bit because some news surrounding him in the past 24 hours as we're recording this pod, but I saw a clip from Maurizio of around Turin basically interacting with a couple of fans in the parking lot outside. I think it was, must've been Vinovo outside of the training ground, basically saying, no, no, like the, the root of the issue isn't that we're not doing what Pirlo is saying, which I found a little bit weird. Um, again, you know, one, one little clip out of context in, in, in a very casual conversation between 
a player who is trying to say, no, no, no. Like the thing that you're suspicious of is not the issue. Like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I find it a little bit odd. I mean, my, what I hear there is, well, no, we are doing what Pedro was telling us to do. And that is just, what's not working. I, I, I look, I don't know, man, but here's the thing. Like, does anyone, does anyone blame Andrea Pirlo for not being a great manager? I mean, if, frankly, he hasn't had enough experience. It's yeah. His fault for taking the job. He was, he was, he was brought in as the U23 manager. Let's call a spade a spade. No, and Yelly, and Yelly, and Yelly, Fucked up, man. He really, he really, it was, it, was, it was probably his biggest mistake to date in the last decade. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that giving him the reins was a mistake to begin with. Like there was, he, I, I mean, you can talk about whether it was they wanted to save money or there just was no other option out there. Obviously, if Gio was on, he would have said Allegri, which should have came back in the beginning of the season. But, you know, looking at where they were only a year removed from Allegri, sorry, obviously didn't work out. And they, they took a risk on Pirlo and it clearly did not work. It, they put it on inexperienced coach at the helm. And um, now there, there's just, so we, yes, we have to blame Agnelli for putting Pirlo in this situation. I think that there's some things that Pirlo does that, you know, the whole thesis and this idea of, Oh, you know, the, the, the way he wants to play may not translate well with the players he currently have. That means he has to figure out a way to get the most out of the current players. Cause I look at this team and I don't think, Yes, they play terribly at times. I think they're, I mean, if you look at what Sari was able to at least squeak out with them, I think there's a way to put them in a position. Maybe it's not champagne football. Maybe it's terrible, terrible, terrible football. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of decisions I think that Pirlo makes when it comes to formations. Switching up 34 times in a season is not great. Uh, it's not a way to find consistency. Not when you're not winning. You know, when yes. you're, when, if you're winning, then you're pragmatic. If yes. you're not, then you're indecisive. Exactly. Right. And, and, so, you're, and you're and you're trying to keep up with the you know you're trying to keep up with the curve. You know, what I mean? you're, behind, like you you're behind. You're behind the you curve. Do, what, what to do? And you're just like, if I plug, if I find the right equation, it's going to work out. And and at some point, I think you got to at least go with some consistency, just so that the players feel that they know what they're doing. And yeah, that whole thing about Buffon saying, you know, it's not like they were not listening to Pirlo. I kind of got the same sense that it means that maybe they are listening. They just don't really know what, what he's trying to do. Or it could be something else. You know, I don't, I don't think Buffon is throwing shade at Pirlo. No, not at all. But yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? You know, never underestimate the stupidity of people, you know, just because Buffon is brilliant and he's a beautiful man. And because he made a brilliant penalty save today and he's, oh. he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's ageless, even though he's showing his age a little bit the past couple of years, we pretend not right. Cause he's ageless. Buffon. <laughs> he's a mortal Buffon. It doesn't mean he's not stupid. Like he, he might, like, I, I don't know. I've never had he a, long, I've never had a conver- I met, I've never had a conversation with him. Could very well be that. Yeah, exactly. He, he made as well. He may well have just not said the right thing. I don't think so because, I read it more With, that he's trying to just come out and, and take a little co- edge around the team down and being like, listen, we're in this together. Like Palo's our coach. We're not, we're not sitting here saying, because I think there was, there was also some, some uh, language being tossed around that, you know, Buffon doesn't respect Palo because he's too busy on the bench. Like he'll, you'll see him on the bench joking and laughing and, and saying things. And, you know, like he's not in, he's not in, uh, as focused in the game. Cause that I saw, you know, people were reporting that stuff earlier and, I think he just wanted to come out and really just say, nope, we support Pirlo. He's our coach. Like, that's it. That's no more. Let's not talk about this anymore. He also said it. He also said it, you know, on, on some, on some guy's iPhone in a parking lot. It wasn't. Yeah. Right. But, but 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that has enough experience to not to not say the wrong thing. I mean, I think he understands the the, the world we live in. He's been in the game long enough. But, but listen, man, I think uh, I have to say, it's never a good omen when you mention plugging in equations. It's never really a good omen when when people are again trying to keep up with the trend trying to keep up with the competition you want to be leading and and, and in general i mean i think back listen, i i think back to when i was doing situational problems in high school in high school math class and i didn't know what the hell i was doing on a couple of them and i was like yeah i'm i don't know here man i gotta just i gotta start just plugging shit in and i gotta start going by trial and error sometimes i wouldn't know the answer but so in order to get the number i would just go trial and error i would go i would draw i would write i would draw stuff out the manual way i i don't know i guess that's not the way that's not the way to attain success i can tell yeah. you i can tell it's you it's not the most efficient way you might eventually get to the right answer but it's going to take you a long time and that's essentially what there might be a high that's cost essentially what we're getting what we're getting here with with Pilo. it's taking him a long time to figure out but, what he wants in his lineup i mean the, the game itself it was that you talked about the the desire and just milan looked like they wanted it more and that's been an issue this they didn't even play that season. well they didn't yeah. play that well you know what i mean we just it, we just haven't had we haven't had uh, uh, we haven't had a we haven't really had a kick in the ass at any point in the year, and I don't know if it's because, you know, Pirlo is a chill guy who doesn't tend to, I don't know, he doesn't tend to exude all the things we'd expect of someone with a big personality. It's very possible, you know. Um, I'm there, there's always a couple of ways you could take an idea. You could you could take it too far. You could look at it way too in depth and try to read way too much into it or you could look at it very surface level oftentimes i've no i've noticed that <laughs> it's funny oftentimes i've noticed that there's more than meets the eye but sometimes i feel like the simplest answer is often like like what you see is usually <laughs> is usually you know rooted in reality it's it's your eyes don't tend to deceive you you know so if, we, if we've seen him come out now 36 times this season and never once lose his shit on the bench you know, perhaps he's not losing his shit on them in the dressing room. And I, I don't know if, I don't know if that, I don't know if that leads to ideas getting, you know, absorbed. I don't know. I'm not saying the solution is to yell, but I mean, just, just, it could just be communicational style, man. I don't know. It could also be that he'll be very good at it one day and he's not now. I don't know. He, maybe he's a very hypothetical theory. Maybe he's a very theoretical manager. You know what I mean? They, they do exist. It's just that perhaps it's not well suited to managing a club like Juve who want to win um you know it, it could be better suited to managing Cagliari it could be better suited to managing a side like that because here's the thing there are fine margins in football man here's an, uh, the, the, the fact is this is only a bad appointment because we're Juve finishing fifth place and losing the odd game to Atalanta to Milan as we've done but you know you knock Inter the champions out of the Coppa Italia you make it to the quarterfinals. You make it to the round of 16 of the Champions League. By most teams' accounts, that's a good season. It's not for us. We were at the top. You know, if this was our first season back from City B 14 years ago, that would probably be an okay season. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. the reason that I think Agnelli made a big mistake is because of where we were at and we had it all to lose. And if we were going to lose it all, it would have been nice it would have been it would have stung either way but it would have been nice if we had been putting up a fight it was just a, a brilliant you know a brilliant all-time classic season where where you know what at the end of the at the end of it all you shake hands it comes down to like the final day or two and and the top two or three sides all look elite we haven't looked elite for a very long time now 
Yeah. It's been missing. And it's, and you touch upon it. Like if, if, if Milan, Napoli and Atalanta were all playing at their best and we were fighting with them, the problem is all three of those teams have also dropped points, have not always looked great. They've been really inconsistent. It's just now we are the, we're the, the odd man. We're one of them. We're one of them. We're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. We're one of them. So if we were at least doing, you know, what we expect of, of Juve and we lost the odd games, like you said, and they were just better, that'd be one thing. But to continue to, to just blow games or just look flat or just look like they, they, they go out there and they, it's like, oh, we deserve to beat Fiorentina because we're Juve. And it's like, that's not the case. That's not how this works. You have to play the game, right? You have to go out there and try to win. It makes it so much more difficult to take. It makes it so much harder as a fan to be excited. And, and yeah, and then, there's, and then there's the whole spiral aspect of like, where does this go? Where does this team go from here? Uh, it, it, so, you know, the, the, it just really all accumulated on Sunday with that result. Definitely. But, but, you know, you know, I feel like we haven't been decisive for a while. I know we mentioned that Pirlo hasn't really been keeping up with, not that he hasn't been keeping up. He's kind of been trying to keep up, I should say, you know what I mean? He, he's kind of been a bit of a laggard and he hasn't really led by example. That's, that's what I, you know, that that's sort of the analogy I gave before. Well, I think in a lot of ways, Juve over the past year and a bit, since we got rid of Allegri, almost for the past two years, we've effectively been trying to keep up mm-hmm. because it's always difficult, right? When, when you're at the top and a big change, like your coach leaving, your coach who's had a ton of success with you, like Allegri leaving, right? I mean, that, when that happens, that's, that's, a very, that's a very big shift in culture that happens in the dressing room, that's stuff that you and I aren't privy to, buddy, right? But, yeah. but, but, but it can change how well a season goes. So you got to be very diligent in who you select, right? When we selected Max Allegri, after Conte left, I was scared. I was scared. It wound, up, it, wound, it wound up being the right decision. But, you know, it, for a year maybe, you got to try to make a decision that'll, that'll get you back to where you have to get. But you don't want but, – but, you know, if it doesn't work out the way you hope – then all of a sudden you kind of get sent into a spiral of always having to keep up. And that's where we've been now. COVID definitely didn't help things. I certainly believe it hurt our, it hurt our, 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 our transfer plans, but man, we brought in players who would have been pretty well suited for Sarri in Kulusevski. We bought him last December or two Decembers ago. And he only joined us at the beginning of this year. That was a Sarri acquisition. You know, Federico Chiesa is a guy who probably would have done really well under Maurizio Sarri as well. Yeah. You know, Ra- Rabio and Ramsey are guys who you, you, you'd hope would do well, who you'd think, you'd suspect would do well under Sarri, better than Matuidi and Kadira. Yeah. Was, right? Yeah. And Sarri's deal was he was pissed that he didn't have the personnel that was required. And yet, I don't know, I just remember back in August, I, it felt like the most emphatic thing. Like, yes, of course he has to go. Of course he does. How can you look at, you know, how can you look at the way that we played? How can you look at that on balance and say, we're happy with, 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 with the way we looked? And yet here we are now. And well, it was better then than it is now. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of nuance, man. There's a lot of nuance to, there's a lot of nuance to football. And, and, and I think there's a lot of nuance to sport, but again, what it comes down to is when you, when you start reacting instead of acting and having people try to follow you, then it becomes difficult. And while Conte is building a side at Inter for a while, you know, two years in the making, and they get behind him, it becomes a little bit more difficult because other projects are being built 
while you are just trying to get back to the level that you, that you were at in the first place when you had this first initial domino fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, and that's, that's where Juve in a really tough spot right now, because now we're clearly not at the level we were. So how much longer does it take to get back? What does the, the, the plan look like? And is there a, is there a concrete plan or do you become reactionary and you say, no, we need to make these drastic changes because we need to get back next year. We need to be the best. And if that doesn't work, well, then you just pushed your plan off another year. And so you have to make sure, I mean, if, if you're the management and who knows what management will be in place, because that is certainly up for debate, there needs to be a concrete plan of what is the actual roadmap? What is the timeline to get you back to competing for the Scudetto? And then potentially talk about Champions League. Like that, and, and that's, where, that's where the unknown is, is really. And I, I, don't have a, I don't have a great answer. I don't even know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's going to be... We're in for a very, very interesting offseason. That's for, that's for sure. Here, but here's the thing. Do you want to be ripping up the playbook every single year that you don't have success, right? Like you had success under Sarri in that you won the league, but that was kind of bare minimum. And the fact that he didn't do well enough in the Champions League was seen as a lack of success. So he was scrapped. We then ripped up the playbook and brought in a new manager. That new manager was a big risk. It would have paid off if he, um, in practice, was as good as he appeared to be on paper in that... He was philosophical. He had good ideas and he's, I mean, he passes the eye test. He, I mean, it was an optical fit because he's a big, sexy name and we want to be a big, sexy brand. And we are a big, sexy brand now, right? In a lot of ways. Unfortunately, that hasn't worked out. How many more times do you want to rip up the playbook now? How many more times, yeah. you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? If it doesn't work this year, how many, how many more, how many more, how many more rebuilds can you have? I mean, we haven't had one, but. Yeah, it's, but that's his, the fear. That's the worry now is because you can't, you can't keep going through and, re- and reiterating every year. And so it's, it's tough because, I mean, nobody looks at what this team's doing and think, well, we, can, we have to keep Pirlo. Like, it's, I'm sorry, just he, he hasn't shown that he's a built. There's been a lot of bad managerial decisions, regardless of all the players and stuff, that just makes me think we can't keep with him. But at the same time, I am very concerned about, you know, the, the trend of every year. Do you become Arsenal all of a sudden where you're just looking for a new coach every year and it never works out and you just are always on the outside looking in? Like, that's a real concern. Yeah, well, why why is Roma not competing for a Scudetto right now? Why why is Roma not competing for a Scudetto the past couple of years? Well, they haven't really had any consistent... They have a Paolo Fonseca for two years now, so I guess that's more than we could say. But even Milan, why have Milan not been able to really mount a solid title challenge until maybe this year? Again, too much inconsistency. They, if you're always ripping up the playbook and starting afresh... It doesn't have to be that you're starting afresh with a new squad, but it could be that you're starting afresh, although Milan did that a couple times. But it could, it could just be that you're starting afresh with a new, a new manager. You don't have stability. All of a sudden, you don't have ideas. You don't have an identity anymore. Yeah. So, so, yeah, c- c- consistency breeds identity because you know what it is your coach wants. And otherwise, you're really just throwing, you're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Matt. Who's more vindicated here? Who's more vindicated now as things stand, Allegri or Sarri? That is a great... I knew that's where you were going to go as soon as you said who's more vindicated. Um, that is a great question. I want to say Sarri's a little more vindicated in the sense that the teams... There, a lot of teams in Serie A improved. I don't think the improvements were that drastic that Juve went from champion to now not making Champions League. I, I think it's at least... it, it not it it validates that he was able to get something out of these players, even if they weren't to his liking. 
And so, yeah, I mean, both are pretty well vindicated though. So it's not like Allegri's coming out of this. And of course, everybody's, you know, bring back Allegri, bring back Allegri. He's the, the hero we need. So the commonality between the two men was that they both said that the side they had wasn't going to be enough to achieve the goals that the club was setting up for them. And Allegri's case, I think he was a little bit more clear and he, he was pretty unequivocal in his desire to go out and just get new faces in, in particular in the midfield. I think he was proven correct when we probably held on to Matuidi and Kadira one more season than we should have. Mm-hmm. Maybe he Higuain as well and that he didn't do a whole lot for us last year, right? Um, although, ironically, he, he hasn't done a whole lot in MLS, but it, feel, it feels like, I mean, we, 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 got rid of, we got rid of him only to then be put in a, you know, we, we kind of had a wrench thrown in our gears when he left because we were like, well, we need another, we need another number nine, excuse me, we need another number nine, another number nine, my God, that could be a tongue say, twister for say you. Say that like 10 times. If I, if I, if I, if I another, say it in a, if I say in a, if I say it in a Boston accent, it'll be a little easier. Yeah. I, I, we, we, we need another number nine, another number nine. Be another number nine. Another number nine. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, my, my point is that I think Allegri was proven correct. Here we are now basically admitting on a weekly basis on this podcast. And I think most Juventini would be happy to have him back because it's clear that he was right when he said that we needed some kind of some kind of reinvestment in the squad. Paratici said, no, you know what? It's fine. We don't like the way you're playing football as well. I, I believe, I don't know if Agnelli had any hand in that at all. I know he and, and, and Allegri were very tight, yeah. but I also know that Agnelli wanted to, you know, I think he, I think he, I think he wanted to, to be as attractive as possible in every way and every way there is, which is weird on a couple of levels with Sarri because he doesn't look like an attract. I mean, he doesn't look like Stile Juve, but the way he played, I guess, you know, the ideas he was bringing in theory was that he was going to bring a more exciting brand of football. Well, Sarri then came back, came, came to us. And, you know, I, I will, I, I will say, I remember claiming back in August that although I may, I believe it made sense that we sack him because, I mean, it felt like we won in spite of him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That was my feeling at the time. I did say it was a little bit odd that we kind of just threw him to the wolves and didn't give him the type of players that he claimed he wanted or that, that he claimed he needed in order to play the type of football he wanted. So, you know, I, I don't know. He said that a lot of the players weren't coachable. But maybe he's right. I don't know, but I look at the team that we have, and I'll, although I do see there being big issues, I think that you're not in fifth place with two games to go with a Max Allegri in charge. I, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that you lose some of the easy games. And, you know, maybe you don't win the Scudetto. Maybe that's, maybe that's okay, but you want to have a bit of a spine. It doesn't feel like we have that right now. You lead a leader too, man. I mean, if I manage Juve one of the best teams in Italy, I guarantee you, we would, you know, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make, we wouldn't make the Champions League. That'd be a hell of an experiment though. Wouldn't it? <laughs> just, just put you in charge, see what happens. Just, just take anyone. Just, just, just make, jo- just, put jo- just put Giovanni in charge. There we go. So, you know, um, I, I, I agree with you though, on that, on that, that point that I, you know, it's, it's obviously hindsight's 2020. It's easy for us to, you know, reminisce and say, and look back and be like this. Yeah. This would have gone bad better with with Allegri but yeah there, there were those it's all results. we can do it's all we can do all we can there do was, back. there are those results that Allegri was so known for for eking out the win 
just getting the, the job done. And whether it would be holding the victory against Lazio in the 90th minute or not giving up, you know, a goal against Fiorentina. So you don't, you're never, you're not down or not, you know, their team being more disciplined. So they're not giving up as many penalties, not giving stupid giveaways in the midfield that then turn into to goal scoring opportunities. Those things just didn't happen as much under Allegri. Yeah. But you and, see, it was unattractive. It was ugly football, it was, right? Yeah. Ah, see, see, it was boring. It was boring, you see. And we don't like boring football, right? But we do when we win, right? Yeah, right? Well, I mean, hey, listen, I'd rather be bored than... What we're watching now isn't the most entertaining. It's, it's entertaining if you are a fan of the other team because we don't show up. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good for us. You know what I mean? A little soap opera. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not fun. It's not fun. It doesn't feel healthy. Like, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy being worried in the back of my mind about what's going to happen to my team in the last two weeks of the season. I don't enjoy it. And I'm, it, I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm, I'm not enjoying it. And I don't go in. I'm not, my optimism has completely gone out the window. Like just but to, you, what you, to what you said at the beginning of this pod, uh, going into today's game, I wasn't feeling great. I was like, here we go. Here we go. We need to win. Even if we win, doesn't matter because the other teams need to lose. And we, we got the result. We actually had a decent game. So it was a good game, man. I mean, yeah, there we go. Maybe that's what we need is to be more di- more pessimistic and then and yeah, then maybe. eventually, yeah. Maybe, but the issue isn't that we haven't had good games. The issue is that we're not consistent enough. That's it. That's, yeah. that's, really, that's really all it is. So, I mean, if, you, if there was ever a time to, to put us to the test, it would be this weekend against Inter. Yes. That, I mean, that game, I, will, I think the motivation will be there. Um, but, you know, Inter are, are the champions and they have a, a great squad and they've been more consistent than us all season. So, PLO is going to have to dig deep and make sure that this team is actually performing. Um, and we have the highest hill to climb. Not only do we not control our own fate, we have three games to play because we have the Copa. Um, big game next and, week. Yeah. Final next week. Yep. Which I think is, you know, it's a must. It's obviously it's a must win. They're all must wins because getting that trophy is, is at least something to say like, you know, not without the, as, as bad as the season was, at least you got some hardware. Mm-hmm. Although that still doesn't make up and doesn't, won't make me feel better if we miss out on the champions league, but it at least is something. Do you back Pirlo then if he goes and wins the Copa and gets in the top four? I know it seems like a crazy idea at this point, especially if a guy like Allegri is available, but just as we were saying that it's not good to always be changing ideas, I don't know. Some, there, is a little bit of, there is a little bit to admire, at least in someone who's you know, a little bit stubborn or has conviction in his ideas. I mean, I know Antonio Conte certainly was. He's a very, he's a very, he's a very stubborn guy and it took him two years, but he won a title. I'm not, suspect, I'm not suggesting that Pirlo will, but... What if, uh, what if he sits down with Agnelli and, you know, he says, listen, uh, here's, here's what I see as going wrong. Uh, here's, what I, here's, where I, here's what I've seen as having gone wrong this year. Here's where I think we need to improve. And uh, these are the solutions. I, I, see, I don't know how that possibly happens at this point, but who knows? I mean, he, he's, he's talked himself into keeping the job at this point. Is he doing it on the basis of his name or is he just a great, I, mean, I don't know. Does he just sit down, have a little, crack a little vino open with them and just say, yeah, you know, it's okay. You know, it's philosophy and he discusses philosophy with them and just the philosophy of the game and how yeah, in, they, how in theory everything you know everything should work out and, i don't know he just doesn't seem bothered yeah i mean that he's all that was his way on the field right and now it's his way on the on the bench and it's 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 problematic as a fan because you want your coach to look like he cares right but nothing ever seems to bother pillow um to back I, it's it's so hard i you know it's so hard for me to say i want to keep pillow around just because like the inexperience has shown to be a big problem. 
but I, I, I understand also that, you know, switching up every year can really be a very slippery slope. And I, I want to be like, nope, this is, you know, we're going to do it this year and then it's done. But at the same time, like what happens then next year if we're in the same situation? But there was no glimmer of anything. There was no glimmer of anything that might indicate that we should stay with him. That's the thing, right? That's the problem. If that is the issue. Yeah. And when you look at the Milan game, you're down one nothing, and you still don't make a sub, an attacking sub. And then now you're down 2 nothing, and it's like, okay, maybe I should stop putting people in. It's like, Why? Why did you, did you wait so long? Why did you wait till the 80th minute to put in Dybala? Like you should be throwing the kitchen sink at these guys if in a must-win game. That's just bad manage, managing. Well, you know, maybe he was, again, maybe he's someone who is, who is very set in his ideas. And maybe he had the idea that the goal is going to come from Morata because of whatever type of way they were trying to play that he doesn't, that he didn't publicly disclose to us. But, and that wasn't all, and that frankly was, wasn't, wasn't, very obvious to me as someone who watched the game. I don't know what we were trying to do in the attacking third, but I don't know. Like, like, is, is it really Andrea Pirlo's fault that Wojciech Szczesny screwed up on on that on that Brahim Diaz goal and that he didn't know where his net was and he That's left bad. the whole net? Right? It's this is stuff. It's stuff that can happen, but how often does it have to happen? I mean, listen. Well, when you don't score goals, when you don't when you don't create anything, which we haven't. That's what we've really often struggled to do. Then you leave yourself exposed to such to such you know, to, to, to such blunders. I mean, I mean, if, if, if a blunder happens and you can't score a goal, then all of a sudden it totally turns the game on its head. You know, if the momentum is in your hands and you're confident in the way you're playing, then it's, you know, it's still all to play for. But if, you know, you, you're shot for confidence and, and you're, you're not totally sure what the plan is, I mean, then it might become very difficult psychologically to get up for it the way that you would hope. You know, which is to say you rally, you rally back. I mean, Bentancourt is obviously, he's a mental midget right now. He's a mental midget. He, we know he's a great technical player, but why is he hitting balls into the stands? Well, it's in his head. It's in his head. I've watched that replay so many times because I just, I cannot understand how a professional player makes that bad of a pass. Well, well, I'll tell you how, Matt. 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 As a, as a guy, as a guy who's, 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 who's a, a good footballer who plays at competitive levels, but who never went pro. You know why I never, you know why I never went pro. You know why I never played college, college soccer because I, I get in my head, the people who, the people who I played with, who were the best didn't doubt themselves ever. And just transpose that into anything in life. I mean, I'm sure there are a number of, you don't have to be a pro footballer to have been a solid footballer. I'm sure there are a bunch of people that have played the game that, that feel the same way that might've played at serious levels locally when they were a kid or up until, you know, they were young adults and there was always that one thing holding them back. But think about it in your job too. Same thing. If you doubt yourself, you're dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your occupation, your relationship. If you doubt yourself, you're insecure, you're dead and you will do stupid things. If you're a stand-up comic, if you're an actor and you don't believe in your, and you're not sure of what you're doing, it'll, it'll come, it'll come, it'll, you know, people will be able to call you on it. Bentancourt made that pass and he screwed up a bunch of passes because he has too much pressure on him right now. That's in an empty stadium. You know, it's an empty stadium. He's obviously in need of a little heart to heart with a manager who trusts him. And yeah, I also think, I don't know if there was another midfielder there that could have, you know, like a leader that somebody was, was there to kind of guide him through. We don't have that really anymore. We, we lost like a person like Matweedy who was a big locker room guy. Everybody loved Matuidi in the locker room. He was also a seasoned vet. He was a World Cup winner. Like he had gravitas, at least I think amongst the midfield. There's nobody. And then prior to that, we had, you know, legends. We had Pirlo, we had Marquisio. And Pogba talked about how nice it was having those types of players around him. And then he talked, Pogba, this is kind of a tangent, but Pogba talked about the struggles early on at Man U 
was that when he wasn't playing alongside Marquisio and Pelo, who would tell him exactly what to do, he struggled a little bit. And now Bentancur is kind of in that similar situation where he needs somebody who can, you know, be the, the general and he's not that. And, and you just talked about it. Like you just said, you nailed it. He's got the confidence. He doesn't have any confidence anymore. And it's clearly showing up. I do want to talk about Chesney. You talked about, cause you mentioned the mistake and he's had as all, all this year, I think I've continuously said Chesney's the guy, like, even though he makes a mistake, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I think he's underrated, but he's really been starting to push that, that uh, logic and that the narrative because he has made multiple mistakes in the last few weeks that have really come back to bite him. He was terrible in the Udinese game, if I recall correctly. He just didn't – oh, he just didn't get down. He's just been bad. He's had some really bad games, and that mistake in the Milan game, like he just didn't know where he was. He was well, it's, it's, it's the Milan mistake that's, that's bad, but again, it's – yeah, I, yeah. Listen, as, as a professional goalkeeper at, at the highest level, you don't you want to be making as few of those mistakes as possible. Definitely, that's it. That's what it comes down to. It sucks. It's it's unfortunate. Buffon made so few of those mistakes in his career. That's that's probably why he's in a little bit of a different class. Not on aggregate, he's obviously in a very different class on balance uh, on a macro level across his career. I mean, Buffon probably at his best was an echelon above Chesney, which is to say, you know, just, just, a, just, a, just, a, just a good pro goalkeeper. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not flawless. No one is, but you want your goalkeeper to be as close to flawless as possible. You and want the, there's the little things you want to be done right. And, you know, whether it's the bad passing in the back, which is not always Chesney's fault. You know, he's been getting played balls where he has a defender already on him and you're asking your goalie to now, you know, out, to outmaneuver an attacker, like that's just not a great scenario. But it's the little things that you want him to make sure he's doing right. And that's and then I think this is just once again coming down to the the some of the issues at hand where the confidence and the just the motivation at the in the team and everything is just off. Just something is off. And yeah, it could very well be that. You know what I mean? I don't know that the solution is to get rid of him, although it'd be nice to have Donnarumma. Um, yeah, but that ain't happening. If, if I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's happening this year, man. I mean, <laughs> if we lost to the Champions League and we're not, I don't see any reason why he would leave. I got to say, it's a win win for him, though. Either Milan makes the Champions League and he stays or they crash out, probably at our expense. And you know, because if if Milan if Milan is out, it's it's got it's got to be Atalanta, Napoli, and us now. I mean, Lazio are done and yeah, dusted done. after their loss to Fiorentina the other day. They're, they're they're very unlikely to be coming back now. So I mean, yeah, it's a win win for Gijo. I don't think he comes to us now at this point. No, I wonder if it was ever. I wonder if it was ever really a. I wonder if it was ever really a real concern. Yeah, why, I don't know. Why, why would he have started in the game otherwise? Like, it makes no sense. It would have made no sense for him to have committed before he knows which side is in the Champions League and yeah, where think, he has and where he has a say in that matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that, that a lot of that is Raiola doing his game. You know, playing the games he does, where he's going to get the most for for his client and himself. Um, and he wants to pump it. He wants to pump the air a little bit and make sure that 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 Milan realizes there's a possibility that he could leave. That their star, you know, their 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 you know, whatever crown jewel in the, in the goalie might not be there. And that's, I think that's, a, that's where a lot of that came from. Now, is there a real possibility that Juve could sign him? Yes. hundred percent. Like that, yeah. that, that definitely is, is real too. Um, but I don't think it was, you know, the people are like, Oh, there's an agreement in place or, you know, they, they've already created a, a deal for him. Uh, none of that. I don't believe. I think what, it was more. Yeah. Back talks. I wonder how much goes on behind the scenes in football, because 
and I, and I, and I suspect, and again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about there being more than meets the eye, but there were rumors that Milan might've been in the running to sign a goalkeeper from France whose name was evading me, but his first name was Mikey, I think, which is incredible. <laughs> but, uh, I, I swear to God, Mike or Mikey, but, uh, <laughs> it might've been Mike, but I just, but I remember it as Mikey because it's just my, it's just my stupid bro brain, um, taken over. But I mean, if that, I mean, if that's, if that's true and they are looking for him, then I don't know where that leaves Donnarumma. Um, but it could also have just been a rumor that they floated in the media in an effort to, you know, put pressure, put pressure back on the Raiola and, you know, kind of sway the public to think, ah, well, you know what? It's not really the end of the world. We've got someone else coming in. I, I don't, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, that, yeah. that was a, that was a weird dynamic going into that game. It's a shame that he wound up winning the game because it would have been really funny if, if he didn't, then we would have been able to laugh Ooh. about it. Now, I mean, if we beat him, we would have, we would have, I mean, it would have been, Milan would have been on the butt end of jokes and we would have been saying, yeah, well, he's definitely coming to us right now. In a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that game definitely had big ramifications on who we would probably wind up going to. Definitely. I, I still don't understand why they started him. If there was ever a real chance that he would go to Juve, but worked out for them. So chapeau. Yeah. Although he did make a few mistakes early on too. That was, yeah, I, yeah. I think I saw the tweet that was like first half, yeah. Yeah, the, play, yeah. the Juve player of the game has been Donnarumma and the Milan player of the game is Chesney. I was like, that sums up this game. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Did, did, you, did you notice before you well, listen, before we wrap here, I know we're not going to get the answers. I mean, this is just a little postmortem. I know we haven't gone into the game in depth in depth, but it's been a, it's been a few days now. I don't know that people want us to go that into the intricacies of the Milan game as the Sassuolo game just happened today. And, you know, it was again, a more positive result. We're still alive, still here, baby. Still here, still here, you know, still, still here me. to quote Dave Portnoy, still here, still here, still Roger. Here. Yeah. Um, to, I think you think you would say that to Roger Goodell anytime. Yeah. And he's, after, yeah, and he's, after, he, after he threw him out of the Super Bowl two years ago, still here, Roger, still here. <laughs> um, only the American listeners are going to get that. But yeah, uh, bro, I think, I think we could be looking at a big summer, not because I think we should be ripping up the playbook again, but because I think everything that went on with the Super League might have, I don't know, it, it remains to be seen if, it remains to be seen if the ultimate result will wind up being a positive one for clubs like us. Uh, who are still kind of a part of it and who haven't um, gone against their legal duty to uh, be a part of it or back out in a certain way, which as I understand the clubs who renounced it haven't done. Yeah. Um, but I suspect that the way that that whole thing has gone and the fact that um, Andrea Agnelli is kind of persona non grata now in the context of Italian football, the fact that there are rumors that, you know, there were rumors floating the other day that, if we stay a part of the super league or if we don't renounce it, we might get punished by way of expulsion from the league. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I think John Elkan, his cousin was at the game the other day. And I think he, listen, he's not stupid. He doesn't want, he doesn't want, he doesn't need Caltropoli 2.0 now. Right. Yeah, he doesn't need exactly. us to go back down and to lose it, to lose everything that we've worked for till this point. So I think I wouldn't be shocked if he steps in, man. And if, Agnelli winds up having to take a step back. And if that happens, I think Paratici and Nedved are gone too, mm-hmm. which is just, I mean, that's just, that, that's, that's part of the, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of, of bringing in a former legend, right? Like, uh, like Nedved or like bringing in Pirlo. You hate to see him go, but man, yeah. it's not been a good couple of years. And I could really see us totally ripping up the playbook from a managerial standpoint and maybe bringing in a new gaffer keeping most of the players we have making a couple of key additions, but with the understanding that the manager that we're backing that we're taking, that we're getting is probably going to be someone who we would back 
pretty much to the moon and have as part of a very clear concrete project, which doesn't seem to have existed over the past two years now. It might have well done. We might have well done to get behind the Sarri project, but we bailed on it. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I think it. that's we can't afford that's really, we can't afford that again. I think that's really what what needs to be done is that whatever wherever we do go in the next in the off season, it just needs to be a concrete plan and a, a getting behind of the new manager, which I do expect there to be a new manager. Of we are with this manager now, and we are going to give them the resources, the best resources to succeed. Which means they have to get some level of control around players and the team that they have. But I think they're going to bring in somebody who can work with at least the majority of the players they currently have. Um, they don't want a round, uh, you know, a square peg in a round hole, right? They want, yeah, yeah they want to, because because we're we're going to be constrained on what we can and can't do, especially if we're not getting Champions League next year. That's and okay. And the goal will be to get in just back in the Champions League, right? That'll be, that'll be the goal for next season. Top four finish. That's it. Maybe a Copa Italia if you can't. But the know. goal will be to get back in the Champions League. Listen, I think if you make the Champions League this year and you bring in the right man, I think you're trying to win the title again next year. I really do. With the team that you have now. Because I was going to say, look at the team you have right now. I mean, I know they haven't really played... Listen, if forget, forget what you've seen over the past 10 months. Know who you have, okay? At their best... And under the right guidance, know who you have and know that they are, that they make up probably, if not the best squad in, in Italy on the Italian peninsula, then they're one of the most deep sides. And as such, you should be shooting for a title, but you need the right leadership, which clearly, unfortunately, much as it pains me to admit, because Andrea Pirlo is one of my favorite humans ever uh, that I, in, 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 yeah. in, in, in the context of sport anyway, you know, and everything he represented for me. It still represents in a lot of ways, despite everything. It's, you know, it's it, it's something that doesn't exist right now. Clear leadership is something that doesn't exist, as much as it pains me to say. No, and I, I agree with you on that on that sense that and it may, and and that the team they have now should have been should, on its day is good enough to compete with the best teams. And so it is about leadership, right? That that's like we've seen good performances. We just seen inconsistent performances and we've seen really bad performances, but there's enough talent. And God, I don't want to get into some of like these players of like, like Rabio, for example, he is the most baffling player in the world because from so many games, he disappears. And then you have a game like today in Sassuolo where he did make a bunch of mistakes, but he goes on a nice run and he scores a beautiful goal. And then he assists Ronaldo. And it's like, man, why can't you just do that every week? Well, because, because perhaps the mandate is incorrect. So um, we'll see, man. I mean, it's very clear that everything that we're talking about will only be, will only be, I mean, will I, will be vindicated or be proven completely wrong um, based on whether or not we finish in the top four or not. That That's it. Yeah. Everything that we're saying is totally variable. It's contingent on where we finish. Mm-hmm. Um I can foresee big changes either way because even if we do sneak in the top four, it will have been way too laborious. And I think we will have still taken a step back. That will still be unacceptable and changes will have to be made. If we don't get in, I think it might be crisis mode. Um, and it might be austerity. Me- it might be an austerity measure based summer. And I know it's very hard to get excited for the Euro when you've got these next two weeks lined up. We'll see what happens. Huge game at the weekend against Inter. You know that Conte is going to be coming for blood and looking oh, yeah. at us for lunch. Uh, because it would be he's very satisfying for him. He's very to, petty. He's to, very petty. To put the nail in the coffin. So yeah, 100%. He's, 
if anybody's expecting a, a lighter interside because they already won, don't I wouldn't be wouldn't oh, hold no. your breath because nah. they will be coming for blood. They, they they will they will be. He's going to be instilling he's going to be instilling hatred into his side, and you know that he's looking to end Agnelli's career because I mean a loss could very well do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it means no no Champions League football and the backdrop of everything that's going on with the European Super League, where he has no more wiggle room anymore and i don't know but we'll see man um so <laughs> i know it's a bit of a morbid way to kind of <laughs> <laughs> really end on the low note right there yeah <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a morbid tone to end on but we'll see hopefully the next pod isn't a morbid one all right hopefully we'll talk we'll we see we gotta get up man we gotta get up for this one man we have to get up for this one man if you can't get up to this if you can't get up for this and my my, my concern is that we might overly rely on the likes of Buffon and Ronaldo to motivate the team, which strikes me as, I mean, it gives me like Azzurri circa, circa 2017 under Ventura vibes. Yeah. That's kind of a great way of describing it. That's actually an amazing way of describing it. If you think about it, like they just kind of assumed they were going to qualify. And then it was like, Oh shit, we're not going to qualify. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And then at the end, then at the end, when it was probably too late anyway, the leaders stepped up and said, all right, listen, I'm the captain now. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But I hope that the leadership we have in the side, the protagonisti, as we say, um, are, are going to be strong enough to motivate the boys. And hopefully they give us a good game because yeah. last weekend, unfortunately, was unacceptable. So we'll flip over to the other side of Milan now and see uh, what it yields. We'll hopefully yeah. have a podcast, I believe. I think we're planning for late Sunday evening, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we'll see who's a we'll part see. of that. Yeah, obviously, we'll, we'll try to set it up with Farhad. Uh, but listeners, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, man. Hopefully, you know, keep the faith. Um, but let, let's be honest, we we're still it. here, still yeah. here, still here, still here, still alive, <laughs> alive another day. Also, shout out to Buf- uh, shout out to Dybala and Ronaldo, both hitting their hundred today. So that was nice. Was so maybe nice. they'll use that use that uh, you know confidence to to powers past into. Yeah, there we go. I don't think Gigi starts at the weekend. I think you probably have to give it to Chesney knowing that Gigi started now in midweek and will start the Copa final next week. But you wonder. <laughs> you, yeah, you, I know. You wonder. You really, really do. do. <laughs> really do wonder. We'll see. We'll see where things are at uh, next pod. It hasn't really been a peaceful season. We haven't really been able to kind of just peacefully transition from one pod to another. Every single The tone of every pod has been a little bit different, it's felt. Um, until recently when every single one has kind of been a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we've hit consistency in the more negative yeah, front. Yeah, exactly. You listen to some of our January pods. We were like, oh, we're bad. Oh, no, we're, we're back. We're bad. We're back. We're back. <laughs> and that's indicative of the whole season. I think yeah. on balance that, you know, that tells you how unacceptable it's unfortunately been. But listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, it was great to, Matt, it was great to chat with you, buddy. Um, you know, at least it was a nice game today that we got to kind of report on and, and have this discussion in light of. And uh, yeah, listeners, get at us on all platforms at Turin Giants. You can follow us on Twitter at UVet Podcast. Um, on Instagram, I believe we are also at Turin Giants, but also at Turin Giants Podcast if you want some podcast-specific content. Uh, you can get at me at Caltro Podcast on all platforms. I am Sam Adamo. Matt Cocoluto is he, and he can be reached on Twitter at Matt Coco with two C's. Check him out and we'll be getting to you soon. And until then, listeners, keep the faith. Fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Forza Juve.